0: Are you already recorded 17 minutes.
1: I don't know, it's been going. We've been waiting. Ugh.
0: These chairs are so fucking squeaky. All <laughs> right, are we ready to start? Yeah, just uh, instead of maybe a beer to crack for the intro. Oh, yeah. I,
2: I, I can oh.
1: All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. We're joined today at Brewgrass Homebrew Supply by John Renane. Oi. David Satterley. Hi. And myself, Michael Moeller. Together, we are the Little Ale Trail uh, talking to you again about uh, beer and news and Tin Tackers. And uh, Tin Tackers. So, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of cool things here on the show. We, we drink cool beers, we talk about those beers, we go to these events. Uh, so we do have a Patreon if you want to uh, support the podcast in that way. Uh if it's www.patreon.com slash Kentucky Commons. Uh thank you for the folks that are already uh subscribing. Or you you're seeing what just came in today. Yes. Uh for those that are uh already subscribing uh, and seeing this in real time, John just pulled out our fresh new tin tackers that a little ill trail on them. They are pretty sweet. Dropped them off the breweries over the last week or so. They all I was really excited when we them. ordered those, like four months ago (laughs) oh yeah it took eight weeks
0: to do it's it's COVID. Um, it's understandable enough talk about us if uh, listen if we get two more patreon
2: subscribers we can get rid of reach our goal of squeaky chairs yeah i was at rural king this weekend and they had some sweet ass little fold up stools what is rural King? you've never been to rural king oh let me tell you a story
0: no 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 no. (laughs) off the rails
2: (laughs) (laughs) so we up to indiana buying some planters looking at some baby chicks but they had some nice little stools for sale, but I was like, well, we still need two more subscribers on our Patreon to buy these stools that don't squeak. But anyway, when we get two more subscribers, I know where I'm yeah, going. Yeah, so,
1: you know, b- buy us a beer if, if you like the podcast, buy us a beer or buy us a, buy us a chair, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, if you, okay, you... The whole point was that you can also get a little
2: tin tacker, Right. Uh, yeah, like Trail there's... Yeah,
1: there's, there's swag, different levels. You can do all that. But, you know, if, if you can at this time, that's fine. I understand. Give us give us a rating. Yeah. Preferably a five-star, five-star rating and review. Uh, and you can just listen to us anywhere and give us a rating. So, uh, David, what are we? What are we drinking right now? Right now, are we gonna open it? Let's open it. Oh a holiday, we've got a special beer this week. We do have a special beer. All the
0: beer. way
2: from the great city of Bardstown, Kentucky. The great city of Bardstown. Are Urban. there any
0: breweries in Bardstown? Uh, there's actually just one. This is the one we're drinking. If you've never heard of it, uh, Scout and Scholar opened their doors a little over a year ago. Uh, they've got a really Nice brewery tap room and uh restaurant there. Um and they're doing some really, really fun stuff. Um headed up by the head brewer Lee Northcutt. Um he's a Florida guy. Florida man. Florida man. Florida man, but not that kind of Florida man. Um and he's actually been like funneling us beers to this show, like he's kind of like sponsored some of our uh Thursday meetings, like unknowingly. Via beer, Yeah. yeah. Um, but this, and one thing I do like about Lee, Lee's beers, he kind of doesn't stick in a realm that some of the other brewers do. Uh, he's got a little leeway. Um, yeah, huh, leeway. Uh. <laughs> no, you guys. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is an imperial rise saison called reckoned Re- resilience. No, no, what is R-I-S-I-L? I'm sure there's a better name for that. Than what is written here?
1: I don't remember what it was. I don't know.
0: Eight percent. Um, it's it's big old rice, rice saison, dry,
1: like spicy. It's it smells spicy.
2: What's the ABV? I guess it was like rye imperial saison, but I'm not sure if that's true. Or it not. is a rye imperial saison. Eight percent. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, so the aromas, we'll do tasting notes, are probably boring on audio, so we'll be quick and efficient here. But Yeah, I'm already bored. I like this beer, though. I get a nice little kind of peppery, strawy kind of aroma off of it. And then the flavor is just really light, balanced between kind of that it's not sweetness, but it's like that caraway bread kind of thing you get from rye malt. Yeah. Um, and then it just finishes like super clean, like it's really, phenol, it's, it's very light hint of Saison ester, but it's super drinkable. It's
0: super deceiving for 8%.
2: So go down and check out scout and scholar. It's a great, especially when spring weather starts to get here, like go oh, yeah. take a hike at Bernheim and then like go have dinner in Bardstown. Like that's a freaking nice Saturday. If you're a yeah. villain. You know? great,
1: great culinary program there. Um, I believe they got somebody from, I don't know if I can say it, but somebody from here that was previously in Louisville. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, great beers all around they do they I really and like how they spot. do their flights I mean it's it's a good spot and good people thanks for the beer Lee we thanks. appreciate you yeah uh but uh the other beer that we got to try recently for the first time uh last night was the uh the hometown Cumberland yeah, Red so Ale to our last
2: episode we uh were hyping the return of Cumberland Brewery's Red Ale so it wasn't the first time you got to try it well, David, time. David Satterley, famously, it was the first time I got David yeah. Satterley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we. Uh, so
1: David and I were there last night. What would, would you think about the release and the beer itself? I mean, fuck a Red Ale. <laughs> nobody wants that. Everyone there was like, oh, I've been waiting for a Red Ale
2: forever." was like nobody says this. It's be It's like drinking beer. It's beer for the, like a man that wants to just drink some beer. A man or you know a any any gendered or non gendered individual. I speak from the male perspective and as a man that loves to just drink a red ale as a red ale drinking man. Honestly,
0: I texted Michael and I said, this is bullshit. Red ale suck. <laughs> I'm going to have to, and I'm going to go home. And then I had like seven. Yeah, so it,
2: that's it, the trick of the
0: red ale. It must not have been that bad. Uh, all jokes aside, uh, the history, the homage to Cumberland brewing and, uh, formerly Matt Matt Gould yeah.
2: Roger Baylor and uh, they he wrote a really cool little mm-hmm. piece on uh, this the history of Cumberland and Matt and like all that stuff today i think yeah. it was released super neat
0: uh, they brought in you know Mark from Cumberland and JD who there and then several other patrons from cumberland uh, i guess back in the day from like early 2000s yeah
1: they had a they had a promotion that if you brought in some cumberland merch a growler glass had a shirt on um they they did a deal on the beer for you and the deal was already good enough with two dollars $2. $2. $2. Yeah. Yeah. so in in the words of uh blake cotton the brew over at wild hops uh all hail red ale fuck yeah and a two dollar red ale is a very good red that's one. a great red <laughs> ale yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's almost as good as a, a fifty-six cent Hootie delight, uh, as we saw from the uh, Great Flood Bank. Somebody Bowl told Super me that Bowl Hootie special. is sold
2: out like all over the region <laughs> I'm after, after sure, the Super after <laughs> that, I couldn't imagine. Um, yeah. The only the other thing on the just one final note on that Cumberland thing, we we talked about it a bit last week, but it's really cool that we live in a city and community at this point where we have enough history kind of behind us and that genealogy kind of thing, like you've talked about in the past, where breweries are like inheriting other recipes and equipment and brewers are going around and like, you know, it's really starting to feel like an ecosystem rather than just kind of pop ups and like new startup businesses and hype stuff. It's really
1: starting to feel good. I've really had some anxiety over the last week because uh on the show last week, I said that Cumberland was oh, yeah. established in 2011 <laughs> accidentally yeah, right, right. and I knew it wasn't 2011. I think I was trying to say 2001. Just one extra one. I, I <laughs> messed there. up. Uh, so I messed up on both accounts anyway. So that's been making me lose sleep at night. People have been texting me about that all week.
0: What the I fuck, Moeller? Yeah, I can't imagine what would be worse than calling Charleston.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Charlotte.
0: Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm perfect.
1: Like... Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's good to be me. It was. It was. It was a great uh, weekend of events last week between Wholesale's fifth anniversary yeah. that we were talked about. That was fun. The Red Ale last night. Uh, but we got some cool events coming up uh, in the next coming week or so. Um, let's go ahead and give a plug to our. Typical Trail Tuesday event, yep. um, every first Tuesday of the month. Doesn't been uh, picking up a lot of steam. Every first Tuesday of the month, Louisville Ale Trail uh, likes to go to a new uh, tap room uh, to promote the tap room, kind of promote what they do, the beers. Uh, then also just give it give people an excuse to get together. That might not be a special big release or birthday or, or whatever. Just, hey, guys, let's all meet up at this time and place. Uh, we we really want to make it a goal to get some some you know beer drinking regulars involved. In other beer. words, like if you can hear our voice, <laughs> you, should, you should. This come. is for you. Yeah, like <laughs> if you if you can't come to Chimera yeah. on March first at uh, five thirty to seven thirty, that's fine. We first so Tuesday much. of the month. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, so um, if you're
0: listening to this on Monday tomorrow, yeah. you need come to go to Chimera us, yeah. and have a beer with us. I'm not gonna pay for it. And I'm not gonna do anything else. No. Nice. Chimera. Chimera's also
2: repping my house, so I might get lit because yeah, I can
0: yeah. walk home. But I want to sit next to you. I want to have a conversation in a squeaky chair in but, a non squeaky chair. <laughs> but but I will
1: say this, that Louisville, for, for whatever reason, our beer reps are great and our spirit reps are great, but they don't really interact with each other. And no I want to give them a platform uh, and an excuse to get to know each other. Yep. Um, We have plenty of good people in the community that we should be able to do that. So, yeah. Uh, and then otherwise, I think Fall City is doing an 80s week. Mm-hmm. David, want to talk about that? Any insight? I wasn't even born in the 80s, but it
0: sounds like fun. Uh, will they have Red Ales? <laughs> I, I have asked. Uh, no, no, uh, no word back on the Red Ale sitch. Um, but they will have Silent Disco, which is a fun time to do Molly and take your shirt off. Um, yeah, can confirm. <laughs> no. um, Silent Disco. Uh, they've got all kinds of trivia themed throughout the week. It'll be a whole week of fun. Um, some cool beers coming out, too, that I can't especially talk about yet uh and also a performance by vinyl richie
1: vinyl richie cool.
0: vinyl richie well and
1: then also speaking about uh speaking of silent disco john what's coming up on march 5th i think uh a silent disco event at
2: uh, tailspin hill festival to bury the lead there um but yeah we've been just getting more and more excited about tailspin it happens every year it's even more exciting on the tail end of a uh, worldwide pandemic type thing. It's yeah. going to be really, really nice to be able to get back out there and have a beer with everybody and just be like... That was worse than uh, leeway. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 no. we, we, uh, Michael, quick, Podcast punk. goals. Yeah, so I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, Tales by the Hill Festival, March 5th. Uh, we'll be dropping our interview with Tish and Trevor this week. Um, so I think we'll, maybe we'll release the audio here too. Uh, but the audio is way less fun than, uh, watching Tish and Trevor do an interview live on TV. So it's a well-produced video. Thank you, John, for doing that. Those were
1: super fun. You know, we do, we do certain media projects for people that want them. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're Did in you the guys biz, actually, like,
2: like run a business? Yeah, this doesn't make any like- sense. Like,
1: <laughs> If you have something that you want to plug, uh, you just let us know and maybe we'll we'll produce a video. Oh, yeah. That's a good show. Whatever. So, um, yeah, thank you, uh, Tanisha and Trevor, for for putting these on for so many years, since 2014. It's been the premier beer festival in Kentucky.
2: Truly a labor of love on their part. um, And it's great that it's gotten so successful. But it still feels like you can still feel like the hands on touch that they have with every single beer. And it just feels very curated. They pick
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One by one. Yep.
2: Yeah. You know, and the bourbon them. barrel tent is great. The lager lounge is great. Sour bar. Um, hey, as far as beer festivals go, the like uh, shipping container urinal is great. <laughs> like it just shortens the restroom lines for everybody. It's a you can just go in there and pee. It's that's one of my favorite things about tailspin. <laughs> yeah. it's one of the most unique uh, things I've seen at a beer festival. Yeah, uh, uh, you've, so I you've think... not been the many beer festivals. No. <laughs> I'm I'm no. old man. They didn't have uh, shipping container urinals back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Back
0: in my day, we had to go in them blue porta houses. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, VIP tickets are already sold out, and there are a limited number of general admission tickets left. Uh, but you know, uh, they are, still have some uh, pop up. Take a giveaway. Events going on between now and March fifth. Uh, check Tailspin Alefest out on social media for yep. those uh, for that information. Um, like seriously, I think there's still a good chance to win some tickets. Yeah,
0: I think also, and I'm gonna jinx it, but given the trend in the weather this year, this might no, don't even say this it. might don't even say, it. It. Don't even say it, it. It.
1: it might not be rainy and 20 degrees, and it might not Sorry, be. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, wow. listeners. That was loud. Yeah.
2: All right, John, what's in the beer news? I cannot go a week uh, without bringing this back into your all's feed. Um, we've talked about it. It's been something we've... Uh, I was trying to think of a good, like, clever branding thing, but I can't. Mountain Dew has finally released their hard seltzer. It's been a long time coming. We don't have any of it yet. We do have some mountain water from Highwire. There's our... Thank uh, you, Our weekly Highwire shout-out, David, just to make sure. Um... What's it's not David's
1: responsibility?
2: <laughs>
0: well, you're always the one that shouts him out, or like at least shouts out that we're shouting him out. I think you shout out that I'm shouting them out.
1: Have we ever actually talked about Mountain Water? Not to derail the news, but like, have we talked about this?
2: It's delicious. It's a it's a really good day drinking. I don't even know if I would call it a beer. I would just call
1: it like a malt beverage. Well, they they, they say it's beer for your seltzer friends. It sounds perfect. And, yeah. Is
0: it better than OE?
1: OE. was only one way to find he... out. Let's bring Drew, Drew Johnson back. We oh, need no, 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 no. Drew. You know, so sure. uh, Mountain Dew
2: is—I didn't know this—has partnered. They're doing it through Boston Beer Company, so it's a collaboration essentially between Sam Adams and uh, Pepsi Co or whatever. You guys want to know what flavors they're going to be releasing? Please. All I know is it Better needs be to be
0: called Dushine.
2: Yeah. Well, that. Mm. So let me read you their marketing statement too, because okay. it actually everything. Every what, what do we always say? Time is a flat circle. Uh, flavors black cherry. Oh, we say that? I've got all the callbacks <laughs> this week. What's well, one to stay at the YMCA? Black cherry, watermelon, original, and the hit flavor Baja Blast.
1: No, oh, that's all I want. Yeah, yeah, uh,
2: right. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it's going to be released in 12 ounce cans as well as 24 ounce tall boys. Get excited for that. Zero sugar, 100 calories each. Uh, Right now, it's only in Florida, Iowa, and Tennessee. If we have any listeners in Tennessee who are driving up to Louisville, bring us some of that bob Blast to drink on the podcast.
1: This sounds like it's more along the lines of, um, like, a a Mountain Dew seltzer. That's what people were saying. Yeah. Is is it going to be a soda...
2: Honestly, the most appealing
0: part is that it has no sugar.
1: Yeah. Well, but they have Diet Mountain Dew. Tastes just like regular... No, that's Dr. Pepper. Whatever the heck they Well, they they do have... Diet Mountain Dew does exist. Yeah, it does. Unfortunately.
0: I I still think they built, like, aspartame and all that.
1: Oh, that's got to be, like, chock full of that stuff.
2: Uh, Anyway, I had a Mm -hmm. little branding message to read you guys, but my terrible printer uh, apparently didn't print it out. Oh, no, here we go. This is great radio. Okay, the whole thing <laughs> behind this was originally- yeah, It's mount- literally
1: right in front of you and you're like, no, Well, it didn't no. front fr- the part that I wanted." The me- best part was when he said yes first and then said no.
2: Originally Mountain Dew was made to like cut your corn liquor. That good old Mountain Dew, which is what they call moonshine, like up in the goony hills of Appalachia. I don't believe you. It was made as a mixer uh, to cut, you know, spirits and stuff and make little kind of quick cocktails on the go or disguise the fact that you're drinking alcohol in the middle of the day, or just basically to make your dew shine taste um, like something palatable. It was a mixer. So they're saying it's going back to that spirit of like a fun, drinkable American alcoholic beverage to be consumed responsibly by adults who want a zero calorie, 100 carb, uh, children's children's beverage, whatever.
0: God, you're doing so much free marketing for Mountain
2: Dew right now. I know, I just think that this whole thing is strange and hilarious and I'm fascinated by it. I mean,
1: it it, it is weird how the the industry is trending that way. Um, I mean, I am, you know, I I love the current uh, hard Topo Chico. Like that stuff is delicious. Courtney even likes it. She's even in a in a big 24 ounce can of that for two bucks. Yeah.
0: It's 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 incredible. This could be better. It has potential. Bob
1: blast. So to to
0: speak on the marketing, since John can't read, I wanna explain how good this marketing is. Uh, the Boston Beer Company and PepsiCo share a passion for pushing border reasons. Oh, no, <laughs> founders, founders. Over. Same thing. And delivering <laughs> yeah, innovative it's... new beverages that meet the evolving demands of U.S. drinkers, said J, CMO of the Boston Beer Company. Good Sorry. Sorry. Good guy. That's... Friend of the podcast. Friend of friend of the pod. Um, hard MTN Dew delivers on the bold citrus flavors of the soft drink fans know and love. Now with an added bite of 5%, as if the sugar wasn't enough. Uh, part of the business arrangement... Boston Beer Company will develop and produce new hard MTN Dew and Blue Cloud Distribution, Inc., I knew it, ad- what? This is not marketing material.
1: Um, yeah, so what, what, what I do want to know though, what's that distribution like? Is that something that's sitting in there? They say it's going to continue
2: expanding, here? but right now it's only- It's coming through PepsiCo, so you'll be able to get it. Only Florida, Iowa, and Tennessee, but more markets are being added. I'll drive
1: to Tennessee Great. for that. That's what I'm saying. If anybody's listening, you guys, mule it up to us. You're kind of
0: ruining the whole, we're homers aspect. Enough, we've talked enough <laughs> about Mountain Dew. Let's
1: let's kill the story right now and move
2: on. <laughs> this is that's. But yeah, I'm excited. It's. I'm not excited. I'm just... <laughs> what do you call that feeling?
1: You like? I want to try it. Yeah, it's like... It's like... Christmas Eve? Yeah. When you go to bed and you're yeah. anticipating Santa?
2: Yeah. You okay, look,
0: I want a re- I want a red ale more than I want uh, an <laughs> empty and do hard soda, okay? Why are you calling
1: it MDN?
0: That's, That's what, what
1: they, it's calling. That's <laughs> what they it's call it. But it's mountain. That's an abbreviation no, for mountain.
2: No, this high wire can says mountain water. <laughs> this podcast is already off the rails. Probably <laughs> on the first segment. Sure. I will thank uh, Lee's incredibly good Saysaw. Who is from
0: Florida who should get us? Hey,
2: Lee. Uh, The Saison is, is,
0: like I said, 8% and you taste none of it. No, it's
2: fantastic. I really really enjoy that. Um, More beer news that we saw. This is also kind of relevant uh, to all of us, particularly Michael, who started this podcast as Building Breweries podcast. Anyway, the BA, the Brewers Association, has elected their new board. Uh, some exciting additions to the board this year include two friends of the show, two people that you've interviewed in the past. One of them, I think, actually, Marcus was uh, elected back in 2020. 2020, yeah. Yeah, to a, uh, a
1: committee, I believe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so
2: you guys probably are all familiar with uh, Marcus Baskerville, uh, the brewer and I think owner or co owner of Weathered Souls Brewing. Um, that was the Black is Beautiful. Initiative. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Okay. Which is just freaking
1: blown up now yeah
2: it's that's it's still it's going. fantastic yeah. initiative yeah. it's a great beer honestly we have one in the fridge uh, one of the local ones collabed in here in Fall
1: City yeah. episode
2: 53 if you guys are listening and want to go back and hear uh, Michael's interview with Marcus it's a very it's very good, good, good one the podcast the, uh, the, the podcast <laughs> <laughs> no the beer yeah absolutely beer. That, yeah. that that will Wait, age. we can try it uh, can I make semi maybe joke about race like black don't crack no that beer's not going to get worse with age that's only going to get better it's true. Um, and then we also had uh, Garrett Marrero. Marrero, which is the CEO, co-founder of Maui Brewing Company. Which who is, is in uh, Kansas, right? Yeah, I think so. Kansas. Yeah, that sounds right. He's the, uh, not only elected to the board, but he's also the new board chair. And episode six, actually, Michael sat down uh you got the scoop early yeah I believe
1: that was on uh 420 420 of 16 2016 another lifetime
2: yeah, yeah.
1: um we listened to a little bit of that just kind of why, in right wait you. hold on
0: why is that relevant
2: because they've been on this podcast <laughs> so okay and now I, we're the so Warriors hold on hold on I,
1: let me let me just say i don't know if i can call them friends of the show if you've been on the podcast <laughs> you're a friend of the show. fair yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of Michael Moore. Uh, I think I just called this like the
2: marketing guy at Mountain Dew a friend of the listen, show. So the guidelines are loose. I,
1: I would listen. So we we have, when, when I transfer the audience from Building Breweries onto this podcast, uh, thank you for the folks that have stuck around. Indeed. Um, I will just say, though, that if you are new and you decide to go back to 2016, I'm sorry. Like, hey,
2: I thought that was a great interview that you did.
1: Uh, but but between audio uh issues that I was having, uh, me being even more awkward than now, which Michael, is you're being too hard on yourself, you. it was excellent, uh, it was an and then excellent also interview. me just not even knowing what beer was like because, just for background, personal plug, um, I started a podcast in 2016. Just sell those, <laughs> 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 all right. No, <laughs> no you're, he, that I was, give up. Was, I,
2: I'm not even doing this anymore. I quit. <laughs> go back and listen. They were both great <laughs> episodes. My whole point in bringing this up was to read um, Garrett's statement that he made kind of as he took or accepted the uh, role. Oh, what, uh, yeah, what
1: does the friend of the show have to say about this? So uh,
2: his quote was, Despite an ongoing pandemic and being impacted by a crushed supply chain, severe weather, labor shortages, manufacturing delays, and more, Craft brewers have taken the challenge head on. We live in interesting times. This, they put an ad over this part, so I we Yeah, we're,
0: we're fun. Okay, next on the Patreon funding, squeaky chairs, John's therapy, and then glasses.
2: Yeah, and you probably do need new glasses. And a better printer, probably. We live in interesting times, said uh, Marrero. Change can be scary, but creates vast opportunities, and it is my honor to serve alongside my colleagues, and the BA staff to help the craft brewing community do what it does best, navigate, innovate, and flourish. And I don't know, I thought that was a pretty good assessment of probably where all small businesses are at this point. Um, And makes me excited, honestly, for the new board members that are coming in. There's like a lot of female representation on the board. Uh, Marcus obviously is great, like a great representative of all sorts of underrepresented minorities in craft beer. And is actually like, Hugely effective, and as he says, figuring out what to do about changing the situation. Um, and then it sounds like with Garrett at the helm, like it, everything hopefully will be syncing up, moving in the right direction. So it'll be exciting to see what actions are taken and where we are in four more years. I really like that title innovate and navigate flourish. Like you
0: always think of like groups forming, and it's like forming, storming, norming, performing. That's way better. Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah, it. I yeah, like, yeah, it, I like it. I
1: like it way better. I like yours too, though. That was, I that did was too. Good. Yeah, that was that was almost clever. You've never heard of that? Mm-mm. No, oh, norming like being normal. Well, you, you form
0: and then you've got like then you norm- and then then norms. Then you establish your normalize it. Well, no, no, first you form. Wait a and- second, is this your dating strategy? No,
1: it's the, it's the David oh. system.
0: <laughs> it's not. It doesn't even start with a D. Uh, forming. Yeah, it does. Did th- th- you form? You, you come together and you say, like, guys, 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 I want to make a podcast. <laughs> 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 and then you storm and then you argue uh, yeah. insufferably. um Preferably not on the podcast. And yeah. then you norm into what your 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 little like lane is. Mm-hmm. And then you perform. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then you flourish. And then you yeah. flourish.
0: Thanks, Boy Scouts.
2: Yeah. So anyway, really cool to see some new people moving in. Um, cheers to the BA—they do a lot of good work they and do uh, the they, most they get work. a lot of credit, but probably not quite enough credit. They're they're very important to our industry.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see what what these these new folks can really do with the BA and and how they want to kind of take the direction of the messaging for all uh, all the brewing folks here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, also, just real fast on the Black is Beautiful—it is still going on. I think I just read today. That um, they're working with Duclaw slash Walmart to distribute Black Is Beautiful cans into over 600 Walmart stars stores in 21 states. That's awesome. That's so cool. Black Is yeah. Beautiful is still around.
2: It's what's the ABV on Black Is Beautiful? It's uh, variable. Elite, it's usually yeah. imperial though, right? It's a no. big, It's a stout.
0: I mean, but it does. I mean, that means so. Nothing.
1: Okay, so this yeah. one is 9.5 percent. But I've seen them for. A lot lighter than okay. that. Yeah,
0: six percent. I was
1: just gonna say, I love the idea of a huge imperial
2: stout being on the shelves of Walmart. Which they yeah. probably they probably have a better like craft beer, probably like OE shelf than they yeah <laughs> than they did when I was there uh, back in the day or whatever buying craft beer. I don't know when the last time I bought beer at a Walmart was. I liked that probably the camping trip.
0: I liked that kind of the brewing industry as a whole. reckon I don't know if like these two things are tied together, but like you recognize someone that did a really great concept and showed. Like a lot of light on a, a, you know, something that was just not featured or highlighted. And then, you know, this person ultimately becomes in charge or, you know, as a voice. Yeah. Yeah. A louder voice. And they already had a great voice. So um, it's cool to like see
2: that representation. Well, he, he, like, he, you're talking about Marcus, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like he hit the nail on the head. Like he, he, the Black is Beautiful thing was like the perfect beer at the perfect time to raise awareness around a real issue in a way that everybody
1: agreed with sure well and also have actual funds go towards yeah exactly organizations that needed them yep right uh, always, still need
0: like, them, yeah because you always say like oh well that's a good idea but like what are you going to do about it precisely like,
1: this motherfucker did it <laughs> like, you know?
0: and
2: as people who like take ideas and be like what are the what are we going to do with this crazy idea like mad respect to somebody who can take ideas and like bam like actualize them into a, a really effective product
1: yeah can uh, i can i put it put out a challenge yeah sure there's a there's a similar type of beer called Brave Noise mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, that I don't think I've seen any Kentucky breweries take on yet for women in, in the beer industry that has to, uh, you know, something to talk about. Do you know the story behind that one or should we save that for a future We'll save podcast? that for, well, let's yeah. save that for the next one. I think I have somebody in mind that can talk about that Word. one. Word. Yeah, so I we'll, need to we'll, look into we'll that hint. personally. That's uh, new on my radar. Yep. You guys want my
2: last piece of beer news?
1: Yeah, let's, let's, let's end it with something really lighthearted, not that crazy geopolitical. Okay. Yeah. So
2: the Joe Biden administration, you guys have probably heard of him, uh, <laughs> with executive order number 14036 uh, subheading, Ugh, promoting competition in the American economy. Uh, uh, what would you say? I suppose called for or produced this report. Um, competition. Competition in the market for beer, wine, and spirits. It's such a complicated document that there's no way we're going to be able at this point to give a dis- you guys you don't the don't have full sort. I've I, I, I downloaded the whole thing and I read through it and I took notes. Um, and I do have some bullet points we can go over. I guess my disclaimer here is there's is no way this is comprehensive. So these are just some of the things that well, jumped. I'm, so out. I'm
1: not familiar with it. So okay. please, yeah, sure.
2: So give me the highlights. All right. <clears throat> so the goal of this thing, as stated in the executive order. Uh, the goal of the executive order is to reduce the trend of corporate consolidation. That'll be a key word. Increase competition, kind of goes hand in hand, and deliver concrete benefits to the American consumers, workers, and small businesses. Those businesses include, or those benefits include, more choice, better service, lower prices for consumers through a competitive market, as well as fairer opportunities for small businesses and entrepreneurs to compete.
0: You know, this does kind of come on the back of one of the recent episodes about prices being increased. So there, there's some action being taken to offset that perhaps. Well,
2: so the, the main like thrust of this entire, uh, and again, it's an executive order. Like there's actually no laws being passed. Nothing's changed yet, but this is more or less kind of a directive from the president, uh, to encourage or incentivize, or kind of just like clear the way. Politics is complicated. I don't know if you guys knew this. Um, pointing pointing at problems basically that, that he sees in the industry. And so most of it is kind of centered around the idea of breaking up that's probably not even the right way to put it but leveling the playing field i guess is probably the right way to put that
0: but now you're speaking like antitrust language yeah terms. that's yeah. kind of what it is okay. but it's
2: not like antitrust right. in that it's a natural monopoly it's that prohibition kind of created these unnatural monopolies in the american economy uh one of the points that they make here at some point is that there's so two a- hundred years ago yeah that's still it.
1: impacting us okay yeah right.
2: well i mean if you kill every brewery uh, only, the only, you know, survival of the fittest and if nobody can make any revenue, even though we've talked to people like Drew, like told us the fall city story about how they adapted and whatnot. But the people with the most money in the bank or the most like, you know, runway or the most uh, political <laughs> corrupt connections, whatever, <laughs> like those people are going to be the ones who survive and then have a, in, like, an incredible competitive advantage when the 21st amendment was passed and like people could actually make beer again It's like
1: England like when they had a had the beer delivered to the white house on the day that it was appealed mm-hmm. mm-hmm. exactly hey at some
2: point we should do a whole episode on the Cantillon effect but that is not today um i'll tell you about is. it later i'll tell you next week next week cantillion uh I'll, next week so anyway here's the issues that they really highlight as things that we need to be looking out for unlawful trade practices in the beer, wine, and spirits market, such as certain exclusionary, discriminatory, and anti-competitive distribution. So, Well, if Kentucky is a marker for that. Yeah, they said different states yeah. do it different ways, but they're kind of trying to look at kind of leveling the playing field in terms of how this like three-tiered distribution model works in a lot of states. Uh, the other thing they pointed out was consolidation in production. So all these mergers and acquisitions that are going on. Um, and I don't know if that necessarily is, like, probably targeted towards, uh, like, who, who was the people that merged recently that were, like, the big ones? Um, Sam Adams and... Uh, no,
0: New Belgium and... Uh, oh, yeah, Bells. that was the most recent Bells. 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 Yeah.
2: And then there was also Sam Adams and Dogfish Head, Yeah, right, that merged. That's I don't much. think that's what they're pointing out. I think they're talking about these gigantic uh,
1: companies that are buying up all sorts of crazy shit
2: to produce yeah. Yeah. yeah all right fair you can also
1: talk i mean maybe even in a way spirits and craft yeah um yeah exactly so yeah
2: beer this is wine this is spirits this is everything but i think that's a very fair point that we'll kind of circle back to later which is why is there this huge distinction between beer and wine and spirits and the way that things are taxed regulated um all the hoops you have to jump through blah 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 blah
0: and why when you have a job your health insurance doesn't cover your teeth
2: or your vision or your
1: vision yeah. or your eyes or your uh it's mental health, of, health yeah often oh, true those aren't part of you
2: trade practice regulations blah blah, blah. we kind of just touched on that um they highlight the major uh, federal institutions that are involved in this. I'm not going to read you guys a laundry list. They also say that the federal excise tax on alcohol needs to be looked at. That was very interesting to me. So here's the here's the guts, I guess. The two major industry trends that they have highlighted that have developed over the past several decades. First, is the significant growth in small and craft producers of beer, wine, and spirits. Yep. It, hell yeah. Yeah. in an unlevel playing field. So... It seems to me maybe what we're kind of, if we read between the lines, why is all this attention getting paid to the alcohol industry? It's because there has been the development of new small businesses in a playing field that is already on level.
1: 9,000 Why? Degrees.
2: Yeah, like why is this happening? So if we can figure out what legislative blocks are there that people are overcoming, this might make a great model to apply to other small business you know, sectors, retail or... You know, basically, and
1: and you know, if government can't do anything for you, maybe there's a local ale trail of sorts that can that can lend a hand yeah. for your small business. Well, it's
2: almost like it's not a union per se, but it's like the, that way to have collective voice and collective advocacy and collective marketing really does help kind of push back against the big guys. It's harder when there's laws in the way that they're free to violate because they have the lawyers and the money to push them over, but it's harder for the little guys. Um, and then the other kind of trend that they cite out, we talked about a little bit, is that consolidation. Uh, in distribu- in distribution and retail level uh, sales for beer, wine, and spirits, and in production, they say, that was back to that main point, in that the market since 2008, two companies account for an estimated 65% of all beer sold as measured by revenue. Which to is a, crazy. <laughs> you
0: don't take a guess at who those are?
2: It's got to be like A.B. and Miller Coors, <laughs> like, yep, right? Okay. Yep. Is that Molson, too? It's Molson Coors. Molson yeah, Coors. The, yeah. yeah, I can never remember how that was uh, split up.
0: Blue Mountains.
2: So, anyway, not to bore everybody forever, but here was like the conversation point I thought maybe we could just talk about. Um, they say, the innovation in American wine, beer, and spirits in the last few decades has resulted in a flourishing... Of small and craft beer producers in local markets—that is unusual in a contemporary U.S. economy, where many markets are dominated by a few national brands.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, even even their craft producers, though, infighting against themselves. I, I agree with all of this, but I'm just saying that's not kumbaya on a on every level.
2: Well, so my point there is like. Are we, we talk about this sometimes internally in Louisville L-Trail stuff. Do we all have scarcity mentality? And is there like a a reason that it's hard to grow as a small independent craft? But but despite that, it's happening. And it's, you know, it's not every day that the president of the United States would like order a study into why one industry is flourishing and then try to figure out how it can help it flourish. Like something about craft beer caught, the attention of somebody who's interested in well, the U.S. economy, yeah, <laughs> legislature. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Why do you guys think is is beer different than other industries in 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 helping small businesses come so, up
1: with with distilleries? I know that you're looking at two things. Either one, you have to have an investment uh, and Rick houses of your own equipment. And time. it take time, long time. Or you're either that, or you're, or you're buying a a brand from MGP. So then all of a sudden, really, you're selling bottles and not buying up real estate. Yeah. Whereas, and I'm not knocking against people that do that. Like there are people that know how to work with MGP juice and yeah. do it really well. I would say that with beer, they are, you know, that's this is the fine line between gentrification and, and not. Yeah, that's uh, a conversation. But, uh, you know, they're going into a neighborhood where there is, you know, cheaper property, buying it up and turning it into something that can produce a product within a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then getting people to come to that neighborhood, to try it immediately. Um, so they don't even have to worry about going into business with the big grocery stores or liquor stores. Yeah, breweries are a lot different than distilleries and wineries in that
2: respect, that it is much more... I get, what I always tell people from a homebrew perspective is like, well, obviously we don't do anything with distillation around here. Um, but spirits and wine and stuff, it's not quite as instant gratification. Beer is a little bit quicker turnover. It's a little bit better when it's served fresh in a lot of cases. Not in the case of this delicious uh, Scout & Collar, like Barely on. I love it. Scout &
1: Collar. It is my favorite <laughs> brewery in Kentucky.
2: Uh, but the business model is entirely different for a brewery rather than like a spirits company or a winery. Is that right i would say so
0: i don't i want the government in my beer okay
2: the other thing that they point out too is that there's different um it's strange that there's different tax
1: rates between the beer and wine and spirits that that is sectors a big sticking point to a lot of people on yeah. both sides yeah yeah on both sides
2: uh there's inhibitions in marketing which is kind of weird that we don't allow certain things to be advertised on Facebook or or for example during kids hours of like yeah, yeah. for example if you don't produce
0: a beer at a business you can't paint a sign sure. on the wall that says this beer, as yeah.
1: Drew was saying a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. From False. Exactly. But
0: if you have a distillery, you can pin it on the wall of literally anything. Well, whatever the hell
1: you want. Because <laughs> yeah. you own the governor. Baby. Uh, like, yeah. There's right, something like, you yeah. said about money and being able to afford a speeding ticket.
2: Yeah, exactly. Precisely.
1: And a Lamborghini. And a Lamborghini.
2: Um they also point out uh that the rates are different between domestic and foreign producers, which is like strange. We should just be on the ball with that. Like we should be ahead of that so that it's more advantageous to buy stuff produced in America. Um, and that there's also difference in the taxation and regulation between large and small producers. So depending on how many barrels, quote unquote, in the beer industry or however they measure that in the other industries, there's different taxation rates, uh, depending on kind of your size, which tends to be, you know, harmful to newer people who aren't making as much because they don't have that investment capital and that, uh, history and nobody wants to to be taxed on their size. So that's all I have to say, except for this, yeah, well, especially not us, right? <laughs> the final point uh, that they made here, which is just interesting, uh, is that the direct sales to consumer model, which would essentially mean like a brewery would be allowed to like ship their beer to a person or something like that, which is common in wine, has been spreading to the beer and spirits industries. Uh, however, some argue that direct shipments risk making alcohol available to underage drinkers. And the FTC, which is, I believe, the Federal Trade Commission, study of direct wine shipments found no evidence of such abuse in the wine industry. But there is a lack of I evidence. I, I mean,
0: I never prepared. should. I would, I would have never tried to ship beer to my house. I would have gone to the corner store and paid some guy $20 to go get
1: yeah beer. Yeah. DHL a like I'm program. not oh, I'm not trying to buy treehouse when I'm 19 right like that's not exactly. yeah exactly <laughs>
2: exactly I'm trying to buy OE yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and some of this awesome mountain water now preach it to the choir um so anyway th- that was probably
2: very boring for can you, can you can guys you, oh, let alone our <laughs> listeners but
0: hold on can you can you imagine standing outside of a gas station and being <laughs> like sir sir, <laughs> sir look can you go in and give me some mountain water? <laughs> like, dude, or awesome. can you go in and buy me some beer? And then he comes back with
1: a pick of, like, coolers. No, 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 no. You're like,
2: go, no, go back in there. But, but, <laughs> you get no, me but, some but the, fucking High Wire. Di-
1: but the guy actually says, well, actually, man, uh, I'm not sure if you know this. We're actually uh, in Nevada right now, and High Wire does not distribute here yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, if, you wanted, if you really want mountain water, you got to go uh, that way. Uh, if you say it's over. Or contact your distribution company and write them a letter and tell them. Or have have you ever heard about direct uh, vanilla? Okay, here, get on this email (laughs) subscription list. (laughs) You You can get your beer mailed to you there.
0: No, I just spent my last six dollars on the Uber over here. I need, I need this mountain water. Well, sir, have
1: you tried OE?
0: OE? That's only two letters. Nobody, nobody drinks that.
2: Old English. It's going to be so much harder for the kids to do the fake IDs in the like the days of
1: real ID, shit not if, well not not if you can get the the shipping of alcohol done so that way they can just get it shipped to them for free yeah, yeah you hear
0: enough. that government we got a plan um sponsored by brewgrass homebrew supply <laughs> that's how that's what we did when we is, were it, not is it illegal to sell homebrew
1: supplies
2: nope age? no it's not alcohol it but illegal? it is it's I illegal bought, to make alcohol for the purpose of consumption if you're underage i bought my first homebrew kit when i was underage me too me too
0: you guys are... Well, wow, this has been a great also, episode. Also you, know, al- also, you
1: know what? My my very first homebrew ever made was a red ale. Hey, mine was an oak uh, beer, which isn't that far off. And I, I even, like, did it up with the logo and everything. Now... Uh, oh, Michael shared his picture of that with us. Oh, shit, son. Yeah, I, so I have a special treat. It's not need, a red ale. You need a blade? Uh, it's not a red ale, but David, I do want you to open this, because we're talking about shipping beer, and, uh, you know, occasionally the show gets some samples. Uh, so I would... Just say you know between Scout and Scholar and High Wire and this special beer that David's about to open. If you want a beer featured, uh, feel free to, to send it to us and we'll drink it on the air. Is that what
2: the guy with the backpack who had hiked here like from three thousand miles away to no. drop us off earlier was? head?
1: no, but our our, our friends uh, at this place. Oh yeah, there's the bubble wrap. Are uh, our, our friends at this brewery uh, wanted us to try oh, this beer? Oh hell yeah!
0: Is is this a fucking leprechaun joke? <laughs>
1: berries and cream berries and cream from shiner bach i, I think love I shiner brewery are these are really no, no it's uh you know that's their uh I don't, oh it's actually a scruff that's funny. i
0: tell everyone it's a twist off <laughs> all right
1: did i send you guys that podcast with the like marketing dude from shiner no uh They're, so i loved him if you're not familiar the berries and cream from shiner brock uh is a callback to the berries and cream uh starburst commercial and that later became popular on TikTok as a callback in meme culture. And uh Shiner was like, hey, you know what we need to do is get on the meme culture with the youths. The only reference I understood there was Shiner Bach. Okay, but you understand. Berries and cream. Berries and cream. That you've never heard this? Am I the only one? No, I mean I know what it is. Okay. I, I thought you were making fun of me. <laughs> no, I wasn't making fun of you. I was saying yeah. that like, I mean, you are a little lad that likes berries and cream, but uh, this is let's, well, try, let's, let's try, try this <laughs>
2: let's try the beer
1: so yes thank you shinerbach yeah thank you shinerbach Ooh, that is like fluorescent orange anyway i do
2: love shinerbach well i love shiner uh brewing company they make a lot of like cool products
1: you also, like, also love the government
2: art. no well i well it's complicated Let's just put it that way. Uh, our, like Rose. our
1: last limited edition brew is a rich cream ale bursting with juicy berry flavor. It's so smooth, refreshing, fruity, and fun. Our brewers couldn't stop dancing as they made it. Just one taste of shiner berries and cream, and you'll be dancing too. So, I do have some tasting notes on it. Just from the aroma, I
2: get a really interesting thing. It's like oh, berries. <laughs>
0: And
2: cream. it's, like, it's <laughs> yeah. literally berries and cream.
0: I I would have hoped that they went the full like hype boy realm in this and just literally put Starburst in the the fermenter or something like that. Got it. God damn, that would be so sticky to like clean out Oh, my fermenter is all messed up. I've got to Nothing clean out all these Starburst. of sediment.
2: Quite quite nasty. Maybe that is Starburst. This is a hazy. Maybe those are stars. These are
0: stars. That they're is Starburst. Burst. It's bursting actually. Mm. Thank you, Shiner. Oh, I have some tasting notes, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It does
0: smell like berries. It (laughs) does smell like berries.
1: Cream. Wow. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't love this very much. Uh, Guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. But uh, to that point, uh, before we end, do we have uh, anything to plug? I think I've plugged everything I had to plug. That's exciting. What about Brewgrass Home supply
2: Yeah. If you want to make beer and you're not uh, quite able to make beer, or if the government outlaws it, be shipped to your state, make it yourself. All right. Brewgrass Home supply They've
0: established 2015. I want to shout out to Cameron Russ, who thinks that this episode comes out every Thursday. It's wrong. It's wrong. We record on
1: Thursdays, although it's it's a Wednesday right now, so that's not even true. Yeah. yeah. So catch us every Monday.
0: That's when the episodes come out. <laughs>
1: Thanks. Uh, I want to personally purchase and give away a tin tacker to one lucky listener that decides to uh, post a summation of uh, John's spiel on government regulation. Was that, that long? Was that long and convoluted? It wasn't, but it would be funny to see somebody's summation of it in a social media post. And they you please tag us in that. Yeah. and uh, I'll I'll get you a tin tacker sign. Those things are awesome looking, so uh, maybe a, maybe a shirt too. Well, this is also our promise toward the listeners: as these things do start to get codified into
2: laws, assuming the government is actually capable of doing such things, uh, we'll keep you posted. Like we're, we'll we'll follow this stuff, and like we we uh, gave some praise to the BA earlier with their new board members, but um, the BA was instrumental in kind of. Sh- Shape, not shaping but guiding the direction in which a lot of these uh researchers you know looked into making these recommendations or these whatever so yeah they're fine glad that the PA's out.
1: cool all right thanks guys
2: we'll see you next week